If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I've been in 1 Samuel, as some of you know, for, for a while now, just been uh, chewing on all these different passages, passages of Scripture. Uh, chapter 17 is the story of David and Goliath. Uh, if you start at chapter 17, you will think this might be the first time David comes on the scene, but it's not. He actually comes on the scene in chapter 16. But in chapter 17, uh, we discover uh, verse number four, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. I like that. He's like nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. I think that's like 125 pounds. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. When I was reading this the other day, I wrote the detail. Oh my goodness, the detail here. I mean, the writer is painting a clear picture that Goliath is a beast. He's amazing. He's massive. He's huge. He's intimidating. There's no way, there's no way at all that David or any of these Israelites would be able to stand against him, talking about the weight of his helmet and his armor and the stuff he has on his legs and the, the weight of his spear and his javelin. And not only that, the man had a whole nother guy in front of him that just carried a shield. He has an armor bearer that's out in front of him with a massive shield. This guy looks like there is no way he can be taken down. And so it is that some of us are feeling in this particular season of our lives, feeling like there's no way this situation can be taken down. I'm just gonna ride this out. Hopefully by April 30th, it just magically goes away. But what if it goes on into May? Uh, so I wanted to talk today about the ABCs of facing a giant, the ABCs of facing a giant. And I have a letter A, a letter B, and a letter C. The letter A I wrestled with because I had a few things. I had availability. I had anointing. But I'm going to choose to go with this one. Because I see all of you as leaders, Shoreline City, every last one of you. I see you like a leader. And more importantly, God sees you like a leader. And even more, maybe um, so you can understand it even at a deeper level, your family, your friends, those who are following on Instagram or Facebook, or maybe your neighbors are seeing you like a leader. So I want to talk to you like a leader. I want you to step into this moment like a leader. So the ABCs are facing a giant. A, attitude. Let's just start right there with attitude. You got to choose this. Your feelings ought not be the thing that you and I allow to dictate our attitude. Your feelings and my feelings are fickle. They will go up and down. I don't know about you. If I watch enough news, I'm ready to... I don't know, burrow underneath my house if I could. I'm ready to hide out. I'm ready to just run and stick my head in the sand. My feelings 
are fleeting. They are they're up one time and down another. But I just want to say right now for all of us, as we're going to lead, as we're going to face the giants that we're facing, and not just the giant of COVID, but the ones that we're facing with our finances and the ones that we're facing with our emotions and the ones that we're facing with wondering what our future is going to look like. I need us. I'm, I'm doing this myself. I need us to choose our attitude. And don't let society choose your attitude for you. Don't let your fears choose your attitude for you. Don't let your insecurities or your past disappointments choose your attitude for you. You and I have to allow this word of God to choose our attitude for us. This is why Shoreline City, we've got 12 stones. We've set up some parameters on how we're going to think and approach situations. And we already decided that we speak to mountains. We already decided that. We already, we already decided that we see with eyes of hope. We already decided that. We already decided that we preach the gospel. We already decided that we protect unity. We already decided that we express joy and thanks. We already decided that we lead like champions. And there are times, I'm telling you right now, that I do not feel like that. Our Savior had this moment as well. He didn't feel like going to the cross. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see, him, we see him choosing his attitude. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Attitude. You and I got to choose it. And you might have to choose it every day. I encourage you to write something down. Maybe put it beside your bed. Maybe put it on your phone. The attitude that you're going to choose, one of gratitude, one of faith, one of hope. Attitude. So that's the A. That's the A. Again, I had some other A's, but we're not going to go through all A's. Next, next, next letter, B. A, B, C's. A, B, C's. Next letter is B. I want you to bring what you got. Bring what you got. This goes to, um, let me see, 17, verse, uh, chapter 17, verse number 40. After David talks with the king, then he, David, took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Can we just say that this brother does not have enough? <laughs> Can we just say that what he is bringing to the table is not what he needs at all to kill a nine foot something giant with a shield in front of him and a weighty armored vest and a javelin and a spear and all. Can we just say it's not enough? Can we just say some of us are looking at our finances right now going, it's not enough? Can we just say some of us are looking at our home situation and saying it's not enough? Can we just be honest and say some of us are looking at our our own capacity. We're wondering, do I have what it takes? I'm just telling you, bring what you got. <laughs> bring what you got. What, 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 do, you, what do you have? What, what do you have to bring? Don't say nothing. Don't, 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 get, don't give me that excuse. Because if you're able to even watch this, you've got something. If you're able, if you're able, to, if you have the capacity to wake up and watch this, then you've got something. 
You, you, you have something to use. You're like, well, I, I've got 17 Instagram followers and I want to encourage you to encourage them as much as you possibly can. Bring what you got. Man, I, I don't have any money right now. Can you pray? Bring what you got. I, I, I don't know uh, if, if I'm going to be able to get this company off the ground. Bring what you got. I just want to encourage you to bring what you got. You got, and I know my English is not even necessarily appropriate right now, but it's going to stick. Bring what you got. I don't know if I, I mean, these connect groups are talking about these virtual connect groups and I'm shy. Bring what you got. Bring your shyness. Bring that. I know it's not enough. Bring it. Bring, bring your insecurities. Bring that. I know it's not enough, but go ahead and just bring those two. Bring your five loaves and two fish that we see in the New Testament when the disciples were called upon to feed a mass a, a massive group of people and they didn't have enough of what they needed to do it, but they brought what they had. Matter of fact, they took something from somebody else. If you got to take something from somebody else, if you got to listen to another message, another sermon, you got to go back through a sermon from Sunday or a few weeks ago or pull on something you heard from last year. Matter of fact, if you got to pull from this, that's fine. You're like, I don't have anything to offer but a scripture that I re- bring what you got. Talk about ABCs of facing a giant. Last, but certainly not least, if we got a, we got an attitude that we're going to choose. If we're going to bring what we've got. The last one is courage. The ABCs of facing a giant. Courage. A friend of mine texted me yesterday, um, a pastor friend of mine, and uh, been through some many ups and downs in his life, and and he said, "Hey, man, I, I'm not on the front lines per se, you know, right now. Maybe I'm not out out front and and, and visible, but but I'm available to you know be be a support to you, however you need. How can I be praying for you? One of the things I asked for." Courage. I asked for courage. I asked that during this time I'd not shrink back. I asked that during this time I'd not run the opposite direction. I asked that during this time I would not want to just eat a whole bunch of cookies all day, every day, (laughs) sit around, watch Netflix, and just exist. I want courage. And I want courage to run at this thing. I want courage to attack this thing. I want courage to attack this moment and not go the opposite direction. I shared with some of you this story a long time ago. I'm I'm talking a little bit longer here because we're all at home anyway, okay? So if you want to turn it off, go ahead and turn it off. All right, I love you. Uh, But but just give me a couple more minutes. Um, I shared the story with you about how my friend Sabu was in a fight. I can't remember how old I was. I mean, I'm maybe 12-ish, maybe 13, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. My friend Sabu is in a fight in our neighborhood uh, growing up. He's fighting this kid. Then this kid's brother jumps in. There's a bunch of us in a circle. Sabu was my friend. Once Sabu's brother jumped in, the rule is I'm supposed to jump in. This is one of the most shameful moments of my life. I didn't jump in. I did not jump in. Sabu didn't take on, you know, a bunch of uh, terrible, what wasn't a terrible beatdown. As a matter of fact, he, he held his own, but, but I still regret not jumping in. 
I, I, I hate, I hate that in that moment, I didn't step up. I vowed it's never going to happen again. So anybody, one of my friends ever in a fight, I'm jumping all in. I know my wife's going to try to, oh, don't go. But I got to go. I got to redeem that moment. But maybe it won't be a physical fight. Maybe this is the moment. Maybe this is the moment I'm supposed to jump in. Matter of fact, maybe. I know it is. And I know it's not just the moment for me. I know it's the moment for you. I know it's the moment for you and I not to just show up, but to go ahead and show out for the cause of Jesus Christ. You see, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, these guys, all the other army, all the other uh, members of the, of the army, they were lining up to battle. They were even shouting, but no one was doing anything. For 40 days, this Goliath, this giant was standing out there saying, hey, come out here and fight me. And all of them kept lining up, but no one went into battle. When all of this is said and done, it's not going to be said of me. I just was there. I was just present. I just existed. I didn't speak up at all. No, my friends, I'm going out swinging. I'm, gonna, I'm giving 110% during this time. I'm going to pour out everything I possibly can and give it my 100% best. Truth be told, there have been some times preached a couple of sermons over the last couple of weeks that I thought, uh, I feel like I could have done better there. I feel, and that's not, I'm not trying to get anybody to say, oh no, you did a great job. I just, you know, feeling like, man, I really wish I could have nailed it a little bit more on that. But you know what? I'm not stepping back. I'm not going the opposite direction. I'm going to get another chance to preach again, another chance to preach, and I'm going to give 110% and the thousands of people that are choosing to join us as a family and be a part of Shoreline City. I'm going to give you my best, but not just on Sundays, also all throughout the week, loving and serving and, and sending texts and sending voicemails and doing the things that we need to do to make sure I'm present. I'm not just going to show up and just relax during this time. I'm believing God for courage. But here's the thing with David. The courage was not just some feeling that he mustered up. It came from a motivation that was in his heart that he said, you cannot defy the armies of the living God. As a matter of fact, David says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the Lord the, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands I just fired myself up right there that's what David said that's what he said to the giant so if you're not sure what to say that's what you say the motivation the courage did not come because David was just great. It came because his heart was focused on someone greater than him. And for you and I, that courage is found and connected to our Christ. My friends, when our hearts have been wrecked and impacted by his grace and his mercy and his truth, and we get our eyes off of ourselves and we put our eyes on him, it will push you forward 
to believe God for miracles and trust him for the impossible. Family, I love you so much. I'm so thankful we had these moments together. Hopefully some of this has been an encouragement to your heart, the ABCs of facing a giant. Let's keep on moving forward, my friends, and let's see heaven come to earth. I love you a ton.